to the March 31st, 2020 episode of Southern Man Western Town podcast. I'm still dealing with the uh, coronavirus. I'm not myself, but we, we all are. I don't have it, but we're all dealing with it. It's uh, craziness, trying to get a grip on how things are. I certainly uh, appreciate you guys tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the last episode with Rich Wyman. That was a great interview. Really enjoyed it myself. Hope you're uh, tuning in to all Rich's uh, Facebook stuff. We have a really good treat for you today. Uh, We have Terrence Hansen on. Terrence Hansen, to me, is probably, this is not, not an exaggeration, probably the greatest guitarist alive. And I say that because once you see, once you hear him and see what he does, once you, once he connects you to his uh, YouTube's and all that, you'll see it. He plays what's called a cross neck guitar. It's like two necks, like cross and an X, and he plays it kind of like a piano. All he'll explain it better than I'm doing, but uh, it's crazy. The reason why I say he's the best is he can do anything, play any style. He can play. He can. Well, you know, the rest of us just play guitar and pretty normally, um, somewhat, and he, uh, so he can do that, so he can do what we do, but we can't do what he does, I don't think anybody can, um, maybe a couple of people out there, but, uh, I'll let him explain all that to you more, um, he's gonna do a call in here, hopefully the audio holds up on us, so, uh, again, thanks for tuning into the show, and, uh, up, up next, uh, interview with a uh, guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, Terrence Hansen. Coming down again, the dead 
This has been Terrence Hansen with Circles. All right, on the line now we have a guitarist, songwriter, singer Terrence Hansen. How you doing, buddy? Good, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on the show. Man, I appreciate you being here. You don't know how much. I've been trying to get you on the show, but you're always, well, you have been always playing somewhere almost every night until this mess hit. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I'm free all the time now. You can talk to me as much as you want. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> how many, uh, so you were playing like four or five gigs a week, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, pretty busy this this year in the last few years. So that's really killing your, probably hitting you on the wallet a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I I'm down about five grand so far just for the next couple of months. <laughs> Man, that sucks. You're not the only one, but you, but you do play probably more than most people around here. Um, yeah, it's I you know I, I feel like um I you know got some pretty good gigs that have been steady over the years and uh, you know and a, a building a group of other um, clients that, that have been rehiring me every year. So every year it seems like it's, it's been more and more. What about your uh, tour? I know you tour like Amsterdam and Germany and stuff. Uh, is that put on hold or did you get through that okay without before this? Well, you know, I quite honestly am not planning at this moment to go. Um, you know, it, it's everything's still up in the air and now is the time when the planning would need to be happening. So, yeah, if I do, it'll be a last-minute miracle. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... So what you're doing, um, I noticed you... I've watched a few of your Facebook lives. So are you doing that every day or, or just kind of sporadic or... Well, um, you know, since uh, my schedule was completely obliterated two weeks ago, um, this last week I decided I need to get with the program. I need to make a program, you know. I, there wasn't any program to get with. So um, I started forcing myself to uh, perform at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. every day for an hour on Facebook Live. And uh, it's been a really great experience um, for me because, um, you know, I was feeling so down. Um, and I love to perform for people. And uh, it's really been a great way to connect with people as well as uh, an interesting musical experience because I'm just in the quietness of my own home. And, you know, and I can play whatever I want. You know, I yeah. can play really mellow stuff. I can play really rock. And, and, and there's people still watching, but it's not loud and noisy like a bar, you know? Yeah, and I, I've watched two or three of them. I, tur I turned my best friend up. In, my best friend lives in um, British Columbia, and he's I've turned him on to uh, And now he's got all kinds nice. of people watching you up there. Nice. Oh, I appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for sharing this stuff. I really appreciate your support. I think, I think, it's, uh, I think it's better. Sorry to interrupt you there. I think it's better if people... Uh, see you because i i know because you what you do and I've, I've kind of explained it in the intro you play yeah, yeah, what you yeah, call yeah, yeah, cross yeah. cross neck guitar yeah and i feel like sometimes when they hear it like on a cd mm -hmm. they may not connect or right they may right. go is that, is that two guitars or is that a keyboard and a guitar right 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 exactly but, no you're exactly right um it's better to show people and i think you know i mean it is it seems to be fun for people to watch as well it listens so um I think yeah, it, if you're listening to it. It blows people's minds when they see it. They're like, what in the, what in the hell is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> hope, it's yeah, not, well, it's, hope it's not intimidating it's bit, people to where they don't want to play guitar anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a whole different approach to guitar playing. I mean, there's so many ways to play, as you know. I mean, you play so many different styles. I mean, 
distortion of sounds, you know. Yeah, but I, I just play like uh, everyone else. You play on a on another level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a circus. It's a circus. So did you did you invent did you invent cross neck guitar or how how did that come yeah. about? Well, you know, um, I started hanging uh, two guitars around my neck um, about twenty five years ago, and then I hooked those two guitars together on a stand in a uh, one like an upright bass and one that went horizontally and I put those on a drum stand and so I just walked up to the guitars and I could um, just play them as one instrument and I uh, did that for about 12 years or about 10 years 12 years and then uh, when I was touring Europe with my good friend Jos Van Oost uh, he was studying to be an apprentice guitar builder and he he uh, came up with the idea to um, go to his guitar builder and ask him if he could build a guitar with cross neck angle or with a two necks that are at a 45 degree angle. And so, well, I chose the angle, but more or less it was my Dutch manager's idea to, um, do this, you know, cause he could see the, uh, the potential of, uh, acoustics. I played on a, a live album in Holland. Um, I played on it. I made a live album in Holland back in 2005 that um, I balanced two acoustics on my knees. And so I had an acoustic on a stand and then one on my knee, and I was tapping on both of them, and it just sounded really cool. And so I think that's kind of where the, the acoustic uh, cross-knit idea came from. Yeah, that makes it uh, definitely probably more convenient to have it all in one in one case. Oh, yeah. I did see you a long time ago, and it was like you had... To like, I don't know if they, they look like they were stainless steel type guitars or something. Yep, aluminum, yeah. aircraft aluminum. That's crazy. Yeah, you, do you still have those? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those were built by um, the the son, the twin sons of the guy that invented the first uh, aluminum fly fishing reel called the Able oh, fish, fly fishing reel. That's, yeah, that's cool. So do you? Yeah. Um, so uh, since you've been doing that, have you noticed anybody else picking it up, or or, or probably they're just scared to even try it, like me? <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I it is interesting because I have quite uh, a few friends on Facebook now that are playing regular parallel neck guitars, playing two things at once, which is pretty cool, you know. Um, that it, there is sort of a movement I'm noticing happening, you know. I mean, for a lot of years. Um, uh, I just, I thought, well, there's a reason why nobody does this, you know, because, because you have to really suck for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's what I'm thinking. When I see your Facebook lives, people, you know, they always comment how much, you know, how much talent you have, which of course is true, but they don't, to me, sometimes it seems like they're mm -hmm. kind of alluding that mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't realize mm -hmm. how much work goes into it. You probably right. spend nine hours, 10 hours a day Absolutely. practicing this shit. Well, well, I, I consider myself more tenacious than talented. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, you got to just kind of like, for me, like, sometimes the things that you don't know are the things that it, it enables you to move forward. You know, like, I could just get so excited about a simple little riff, you know? It didn't yeah. need to be amazing jazz or something. It, it, it could just be simple, and I could get excited enough about it that I would just keep working on it, you know? And probably half of the people around me were like, dude, that's kind of dumb. Why are you working on that? But I just always pursued my ideas, you know? Yeah, and it's almost like, I mean, when you do it, it sounds so full. It's like, 
it almost sounds like a keyboard behind you, and it's just, you don't even really need a band, which <laughs> which I know you play yeah. solo. I know you do a lot of solo gigs, yeah. and do yeah. have a band too. Yeah, yeah. Well, solo uh, being a solo performer was very mysterious to me for a long time because um, I always relied on backing tracks or a band or something. You know, I I always had to have something to play along with. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I still until, I still do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I know I, I get that, you know. I mean, and there's there's something cool about that too. But but I would always be mystified when I would see a like a singer songwriter just strumming uh, three chords and sounding and singing and sounding great and full by themselves. Yeah. And thinking, wow, you know, I can't do that. I don't. I don't. I can't play by myself. I need something, you know. And that yeah. kind of stuck in my head, you know. And I was like, that was something that eventually became the thing that I do. But uh, it took a lot of years to, you know, to just kind of set myself in that direction. Um, quick, like, kind of guitar question of people that don't play guitar may not know what we're talking about, but, and you don't have to give away your secrets, but do you like, do you like, uh, do, do you like doing an open tuning on one and then standard on the other? No. Or they're just both standard no, tuning? No, Standard tuning, both necks, um, and I tune down a half step just so I can play uh, an E if I want to play tap an E, um, and I like having an E flat too, it's nice, yeah, but um, otherwise, um, no, I'm not, I, I, I have written a lot of songs on normal guitar with open tunings, but um, I learned to think in tapping in standard tuning, and so what that means is um, there's, you know, you know how um, sort of inconsistent uh, the guitar can look if you're trying to play the same voicing of a chord right. in a different set of strings it, the shapes keep changing you know so a lot of like Stanley Jordan tunes in fourths uh, because uh, it, it, it makes it it's like a bass the shapes right, stay the right. same you know so uh, in this case I when I uh, wanted to differentiate myself one of the first from Stanley Jordan one of the first things I did was made up my mind that I was going to learn all this stuff in standard and I wanted to be able to make it sound as much like a guitar as I could, you know. I was actually going to bring him up because that's the first person I ever saw kind of play like you. But I mean, he only does mm-hmm. it on he only does it on one neck. Um, is that where you yeah. kind of got the idea to do it from? Or yeah, well, uh, I was a metalhead when I started playing, and I loved like you know, Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Dio. And uh, one night, yeah, after I'd been playing my electric for a few months. I just barely started playing. My mom pulled me out of bed and made me uh, watch this guitar player that was playing on the Tonight Show. And it changed my life. I mean, I was just like, oh yeah, I gotta do that. And so I started tapping right away, learning how to do that. Um, but I wasn't into jazz, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I was I was much more interested in how I could apply that to rock. But the funny thing is, I mean, if I look back on it, like Stanley Jordan was the first jazz musician that I really loved, you know, that yeah. he he made it, you know, some, it was crossed over to me, so, um, but yeah, Stanley was my original inspiration. I was kind of, um, I, was, and, I was kind of the opposite, I did, uh, you know, uh, like Randy Rhodes and Satriani and stuff came out, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can, I can pretty much do that, and then. Ingve mm-hmm. came out, and I was like, "Well, if I you know yeah. if, I, if I do some more, you know, if I keep practicing my scales, I can do that." And then when Stanley, oh, yeah. Stanley Jordan came out, I was like, "I can't do that." <laughs> 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 I'm not. If everybody's yeah. gonna start doing that, I'm going back to the base. Yeah. 
<laughs> that goes back to that just goes back to me not knowing any better. Yeah, you, know, you probably you probably knew too much about music already, you know, at that point. I just didn't know enough about it. Like, you know, sometimes what you don't know, like, you know, and that so I, for me uh, it, that and I broke my pinky. Yeah. I broke my pinky on my right hand when I was a kid, and I couldn't, so I wouldn't be able to do it anyhow. Oh man! <laughs> but I don't think I would anyhow. That's just my excuse. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I can tell you, I got a funny story for you. Um, the, I, I've been playing the uh, the tapping style like I do on one guitar for. I've been doing it for maybe three or four years and I was getting pretty good at just playing a chord with one hand and doing a scale with my right hand, you know, and I never would really learn anything. You know, I wouldn't learn any songs. I was always improvising. I was always just playing with chords and, uh, I never, it was aimless. You know, there was never a tune. There was never a melody. There was never a form. Gotcha. And, uh, and that was just, it was like a free space for me, you know, like I always was writing my Yngwie style stuff or my Steve style shredding stuff, which was my first album, which was just an instrumental shred album. But in the meantime, always on the side, I was always tapping and it was always personal. It was just a thing that I did and I could show off for people. It was cool to show off, you know, people go, oh, that's really cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but one day, one of my friends asked me to play at her wedding on the Jordan Queen and uh, it was all rockers. All the. Do you remember Rafters? The, the bar Rafters? I don't think I lived here yet when that was. Okay. Well, moved, that was the premier metal bar. I'm that was where like, every long hair. Uh, sorry, all I, the long hairs. You there? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say I didn't move here to 2001, so I'm not sure where. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is like this is like 90, like about 1990, 91. Oh. And it was, you know, Yngwie played there, Dream Theater played there. And um, I didn't know anything about music at all. 
I mean, I just was starting completely from scratch. You there? Yeah. Oh, okay. And did you, uh, so when did you finally, when did you learn, because obviously, you know, you're, I've taught with you and stuff, you know, theory and stuff now. Where did you, mm-hmm. where did you get going on that? Well, uh, originally I, I taught myself. I mean, luckily I had, um, you know, like a subscription to guitar for the practicing musician who always had amazing trans tablature transcriptions. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. And before that, I mean, as a young kid, I, I was in the habit of going to the library. You know, I would check out all the books on art or all the books on electronics or computers or I would check out all the books on anything. And before I got a guitar, I was checking out, uh, like, books on bands, like, the Rolling Stone right, encyclopedia right. bands, and you know. And then once I got a guitar, I would just go check out all the books that were music theory books. You know. So did you pick it so, up pretty pick it up pretty naturally and start figuring out chords and stuff on your own pretty quick? Or yeah, well, when I uh, when I first started, it was definitely about just learning the songs, you know, and you know. So uh, as soon as I, a few months after I, I got my guitar, I had a band, and all the guys in the band were my age, and, and they they couldn't play either. And so, so you know, um, it just became like just jamming a little bit the riffs that we learned out of our magazines, and or in my neighborhood, every other guitar or every other block had a guitar player on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there was there was a certain degree of resources there and competition and stuff, you know, we would share, you know, like check out this cool on, you know, like one of my friends had a Frank Gambale book, his, his, his speed picking book that I think you, you knew Frank and you said you were involved in some of that stuff, the speed picking. And anyway, um, that was an influential book that one of my friends had that, that, you know, I, I, I learned how to sweet pick from, you know? And, and so I was just cobbling information anywhere I could get it. Yeah, and sponging it up. Weird thing about that is I, I was I went to GIT in in like eighty seven maybe. And uh Frank yeah. Frank Gabali came out to there. This is the, the Atlanta one. I grew up in Atlanta and they they had opened one out there and uh he came right. out he came out and he copied off his whole book. It, it wasn't even a book yet. It gave us these folders. Oh no way. Yeah, he gave us these folders. I still have it. And he hand wrote speed. Uh, he didn't call. It, I think he did call it speed picking, not shredding back uh-huh. then. And he wrote it, yeah, yeah. wrote it in pen on the front, and just copied the pages. Wow! <laughs> I still wow. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that must have been right when that came out. Yeah, and then uh, at another time with him, my uh, my best friend was a bartender at this club, and Chick Corea's band was auditioning guitar players there and that, that was when Frank got his gig and, I, and my my friend Whoa. my friend got me an audition I go in there I'm 22 years old Whoa. and Frank <laughs> and Frank's in there oh my. playing and I'm like you serious? I, yeah I walked out I didn't even try <laughs> oh my gosh I sat there and had, I had wow a, yeah I sat there and had a jack wow. and left I, I said I, I'm not wow. I'm not gonna get this gig I remember going to a, a Frank Gambale Clinic. I was, it was about 1988, and I sat right in the front row. And after he played this riff, I said, "Hey!" I raised my hand. I was like, "Crank, crank!" I couldn't help but notice that you. I think I might have actually said, "Used the wrong fingers." <laughs> and you know what he said? I'll use whatever damn fingers I want. Yeah, he's not. He's not the nicest fella. <laughs> no, he, he shut me down, man. It was a learning moment. 
So was he one of your big influences? I know Alan Holdsworth, he said, was a big influence. Well, well, I would say musically Alan Holdsworth was a huge influence. Frank Gambale was a technical influence. Right, right. But I never was like a... I never just put his music on to listen to, but, but Alan Holdsworth, I did my college uh, English creative writing essay on Alan Holdsworth. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember when he came out with like the synthesizer guitar and stuff in the 80s. And, oh, yeah, the synthax. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. And he, I guess he passed away not too long ago, which sucks. But. Yeah, yeah I, have, yeah, I have a tribute to him, but he was, you know, he's somebody still to this day I put the music on and I just go, wow, this guy, he belongs you know, with like classical musicians in that realm of timeless music that changed, you know, it found a new, new thing, you know, he found a new, new sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what, and I know I saw you once at a Pat Metheny concert and is that, that's oh, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of your influences there as well, probably. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I definitely listened to some Pat, you know, I still will put on Pat. Definitely. See, I think, yeah. I think, I think those guys, I think those guys would be, would be uh, in all of you at this point. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, brother. That would, that would be terrifying. So, going, still going back. So, during like the, uh, you're probably, uh, you're probably about ten years younger than me. But probably during the '90s and stuff, you had gotten into bar bands and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played in you know some like kind of grungy metal bands in the '90s. Do any recordings on any of that stuff that anybody can find? Yeah, you? yeah. Well, my first, my first real album. I released in 1993. It's called Angry Fly. If you ever want, I'll send you some MP3s. Um, I don't really sell that one anymore, but it was just like uh, something I did with my uh, sequencer and my drum machine and, you know, programming all the keyboard parts, you know, like symphonic, rock, metal, yeah. instrumental. And then, uh, then I walked away from that style and uh, I actually had a real band after that that was called Time Machine, which uh, we we um, did a soundtrack for an out for a movie called um, Nightfall, which is on the Troma video. You can you can find that on the Troma oh, cool. website. And we did the whole soundtrack for the movie, as well as like songs and you know. Um, and that was that was about the sum of my my metal rock grunge years. And then I then I went full on by the late nineties. I was pretty new age sounding. I did some. My, my third album was a a, a a set of guided meditation relaxation tapes, uh, which was about four hours of of, of uh, really mellow music that I had composed on the two guitars at once. You know that, and that was a, my debut as a, a, a two guitar double neck guitar player. Well, that's cool. And uh, and how many how many albums do you have all together? Uh, just solo stuff. Uh, twelve. I'm working on my finish. My twelfth one is pretty much done. Oh, that's cool. And I, and I know. I think you just put out. I guess it would be your eleventh one, not two long ago, right? Yeah. 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 And that's already and that's already on Spotify and iTunes and all that. Well, I, it's, it, I you know I've got this bad habit of of like sitting on my albums before I put them online. So the the, the last one is actually available. Um, as part of the HUM project for the Salt Lake Library system, but oh, I, um, I keep threatening to put it on Spotify, and uh, but I haven't done that yet. But uh, my other I only have four albums available online right now, and those are the ones that I consider re best represent what I do. Um, and you can just punch in Terrence Hansen on Spotify. 
and like yeah. Some, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I've done that. I've been listening to it. Cool, man. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I've got them on a couple of playlists and been turning them, turning cool. people on I to think. it. Well, thanks. One thing I wanted to talk to you about. Do you feel like it? I feel like this. I feel like if you were in like New York or L.A. or Chicago or something, maybe I don't know. Maybe you'd be even more well known. Do you feel like that, or you just? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I think um, when I was younger, it was the popular thing was to go to L.A. Right? Yeah, you know, in the eighties. Where I'm from, you know, and, where I'm from, we all went to Nashville, and I guess everybody's doing that. Now. Right, right. Then it, <laughs> Right. Then Nash then it kinda of became Nashville. And then, you know, it's always been New York if you want to do certain but but for me, when I was younger, I just I didn't feel like I wasn't interested in being a part of a rock scene. I wasn't interested in being part of a jazz scene or trying to be a country scene. I knew that I knew you know like how he uh I Steve Vai said it, you know. He said play you know, focus on your strength and not so much on your weaknesses. Right, right. You know, and, 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 and that sounds like kind of, and, uh, like, it's counterintuitive, right? Like, you're thinking, well, why would you say that? Of course, you're going to focus on your weaknesses. But in a way, I think what it really means is know yourself and know what you really are good at. You know, know the things that are natural for you to do and then really dig into those. And so the things that were the most natural for me, I didn't feel like was going to fit in any of those scenes. I just didn't, I'm a realist, you know, I'm a pragmatist. Yeah. And so, um, what I did realize though, was if I, if my thing that I wanted to do musically, which was the most important thing, it wasn't like succeeding so much in trying to become a part of somebody's band or something like that. Cause it just didn't, that wasn't what was driving me. Creating was driving me. And so I realized being in a kind of a, a dull place like, like Utah, like Salt Lake, it's an incubator. There's no pretension here for like, Oh, you know, we expect this, or we, they don't expect anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no pretension about being a musician here. Like, if you go to New York, and pretty soon you can say, oh, I'm from New York, right? Right. Oh, yeah, I'm a New York. Yeah, right, right. You know, instead of being, like, uh, from Utah, and people go, well, oh, big deal, right? The, What's that? Mormons, right? That's all they're going to say. I guess But so. otherwise, for me, uh, I saw it as an advantage, you know, to do my thing and not feel like I have to do somebody else's thing. So that was kind of my thinking behind that. Yeah, I can I can see that. I just I know the first time I saw you play, I was like, man, this guy needs to be on like Jay Leno at the time. I guess it's Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I was like, why isn't this guy <laughs> why isn't this guy famous? Um yeah. which I I guess you probably are a little more over in uh Europe. Seems yeah. like you seems like yeah. over in Europe you're Yeah. yeah. I don't know, you know, I mean, when I, I remember thinking when I was a kid, like, if I'm not famous by the time I'm 18, did you ever have that thought? I did, but I, I never got yeah. into, I never got into music for that. I, you know, I did do that. I'd say, well, if I'm not done, if I'm not there by 20, then right. I'm not there by right. 30. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I always so, wanted you know, to I, make a living doing it. I didn't really care about the famous part. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. So for me, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not too hung up on that either. You know, it's like I, I do, I, I have had a pretty good career and, and, uh, doing my thing on my terms, which is more important in a lot of ways than 
being famous, you know. Yeah, I just, I just know, like, if you went to Nashville, like, I moved to Nashville for a while, and I'd go into mm. these places, and I'd, mm. I'm just another dude with a guitar. But if, yeah. you, if you walked in there and did what you yeah. did, you wouldn't be just another dude yeah. with a guitar. They'd be well, like, that? They would all be yeah. down, down. It wouldn't take well, you long. Well, I, I, I've, done a, I've done Nashville a couple of times. Um, I co-wrote a song with Keith, Keith Urban once when I was in Nashville for a singer-songwriter camp. I was the songwriting coach, and he was a musical guest, and I opened up for him, and then we co-wrote a song afterwards to show people how two strangers would do that. But, um, I, you know, I, I had the taste for Nashville, and I, I was like, oh, boy, this place, you know? Yeah. But then I realized at some point it was like, um, yeah, and I'm going to be competing against all the guys that already have all the gigs, the, the kids of, of all the famous people, the grandkids of all the famous people that are all amazing, that are all, you know, like I have a lot of friends in Nashville and, and I'm just like going, whoa, you know, like uh, on the other hand, uh, there's a certain element of familiarity. Like when you're saying, you know, things like, oh, uh, you know, I should be on Jimmy Fallon or I mean, you know, yeah, Jay Leno or something like that, or be recognized in a place like Nashville. What my kind of common experience has been is that people are looking for something in that they've already got their mind made up what they want, you know? And so when you don't fit in that box, you know, they don't, you become kind of marginalized as kind of a freak or kind of a weird thing, you know? It's like, oh, we don't know what to do with that, you know? So, yeah, yeah, um, I get that. So there's, there's an element of that that comes from what I do. But I feel like as the years have gone by, as, as I've gotten better at what I do, um, people get it more too, you know. So there, there's a, you know, sort of it's on my end too. It's responsible for me to be just completely dialed to getting it to the sound to, to, to translate to people in a way that they're going, oh, I don't care that it's done in this weird way. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I, I always had kind of that problem too because I'm I was always all over the map. I was I didn't really ever know what style I wanted to play because I liked them all. I'm the same. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. It's a, it can be a problem, but it, you can also now at our point, like you and me, we both play all kinds of really cool gigs because people like to hear all kinds of mu- music. Yeah, I'm kind I'm kind of semi-retired at this point. I only do like one or two gigs a month, and <clears throat> but yeah, when I first moved here, I noticed a lot of people would. They'd come see me and say, we, we just wanted to hear the Southern Rock stuff. And I didn't even like Southern Rock. I play a lot of it now, but I didn't realize uh, yeah. I didn't realize just growing up in Georgia that it kind of seeped into my sound without, you know, I, right, I, right. I sound like Dickie Betts. Yeah. I've never heard one of, yeah. I've never oh, heard yeah. one of his oh, solos. Oh, my gosh. I can <laughs> I've never, imagine. I've never learned a single solo of his, but that's what I sound like. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine growing up there would be powerful. Yeah, and I mean, you would you would take it over there too, but it's a I don't know. Atlanta's all rap, uh, rap community kind kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you uh, what do you think about? I, I know I've kept you a while now. We'll get kind of wrapped up here, but what do, what do you think about how we get paid these days? Like, I got a check for twenty two dollars, and uh, it was like thirty thousand streams. That's oh like, wow, that's not very much. What do you think about that? Do you think that'll ever change or? Well, <laughs> I got my first check from Spotify for like 50 bucks, and that was for three years of streaming. <laughs> yeah, just think back in the 80s, you'd probably be able to make 100,000 bucks off of that many plays. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, 
I mean, it's it's really paradoxical because I do remember when we were kids that you know there, you couldn't just get your music heard that easy. You know, we were always trying to go down to the local radio station and give them our tape, which they did play my high school band on Z Rock for about a year or two. Yeah, yeah. But uh, otherwise, you know, it was impossible to get people to hear your stuff, you know. And so now it's amazing to me that anybody can hear me. And uh, so that's a beautiful thing. On the other hand, uh, yeah, I, I guess I just don't really expect to make a lot of money off of my recordings in case I license them to a movie or a commercial or, you know. Yeah. That kind of a thing, I guess. I think the only downside of it now, really, as far as what you were talking about, is like anybody can put a song out. So you only have so many hours in the yeah. day that you can listen to music. Yeah, saturation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. People are saturated with with information. You know what? I can have a different favorite guitar player every day. I can discover some amazing new guitar player, and then the next day I discover somebody else, and I'm like, whoa, you know, hard to hard to. Kind of on a on a different subject. Do you ever get kind of? Do, I mean, do you produce all your own CDs as well, or your albums? Yep. Do you, yep. Ever, do you ever get kind of frustrated with that, having to like do everything? Because <laughs> I, uh, I well, know, I know I did. Let me put it. Let me put it this way, Jeff. I have mixed some of my songs, like on my albums that are on Spotify. Some of those mixes are between one hundred and two hundred mixes that I could play for you. Yeah, and that's crazy. When I get to that point, I just. I just want to cry, yeah. you know, I get to the point where I just want it to be done because I know that the hours and the days are just flying by yeah. and I'm still working on the same damn song. Yeah. And but I, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. That, that, yeah Sorry. I was going to say that you're probably a perfectionist. And, yeah. And that's, yeah. But on the other, on the other hand, I want it to be right. And I think it should be. And so that's not going to stop me. But on the other hand, it takes, you know, years sometimes for me to finish an album. I, I, my main thing is the last two albums have taken far less time because I, I just said I'll never do it again. I can't spend five out five out uh, five years on an album. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I was always kind of the opposite of that, and it didn't work out well on a couple of my albums. But I was <laughs> I always I always went into the studio with like. You know, maybe I had three hundred bucks to do the whole album, and that was it. That was all, right, I, right. and I just yep. had to leave stuff. I was like, "This isn't yeah. that great," but I'm yeah. doing it. So I got, oh, yeah. I got like 20, yeah. 26 albums out. And there's like four of them that are good. That's how I feel, you know. But the weird, I have so many things that just get, never got done the way they should have been. And the, but the weirdest thing is, I my first album sells more than all my other ones put together. And I recorded what? It. your first one? Yeah, and I recorded it in two hours with an, a celebrity acoustic guitar, <laughs> and I, I overdubbed wow. it. And it, and it, it uh, what is it? What? it? It's just, just like, it's just like classical guitar with a like okay. over, overdub solo uh -huh. over it, and it's it's crazy. Uh -huh. And I did it in two hours, uh, about a hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Send me a link. I want to hear it. <laughs> uh, you don't want to hear my stuff after. <laughs> oh, oh no, of course. No, I've, I've heard all a lot of your stuff, man. You're you're like like you and I are so similar in that regard. We we have so many musical tastes, you know, and, and I love that. Well, I appreciate it. You know, and I know I've kept you a long time. We'll kind of wrap up here, but let me let's let everybody know uh, this uh, this episode will probably actually drop later tonight in a couple hours. I'll probably okay. I'll probably mix it up after we're done. And uh, so, can, can can people watch you tomorrow or later tonight on Facebook? Yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'm on seven. 
p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time tonight, and uh, and I'll be doing this, you know, for the foreseeable future, playing twice a day, one at eleven a once at eleven a.m. to twelve p.m. That's mostly for my friends in Europe, okay. and uh, but I notice a lot of people here seems to seems to be a good time for them too. Yeah, and I and I have a lot of East Coast listeners, so that's going to be one o'clock and nine o'clock. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's not too too far. Yeah, yeah a lot of my uh, old Georgia people listen to this show. Yeah, oh, cool, cool. And, and uh, and so where can everybody find your your stuff? I know we talked about Spotify, and they just punch in Terrence Hansen. Um, and yeah, you, and you spell Terrence with one R from. Yep. Okay. T e r e n c e. Okay, and then then do you ha- and you have a website or? Yeah, just um, www.terencehansen.com. Okay, and then you, and that'll that'll give all your upcoming shows once yep. we get once we get yeah. shows again, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. and then what what would you have a you and you have a YouTube channel probably too. Yep, yep. Terrence Hansen on YouTube, um, Terrence Hansen Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. Okay, and no Twitter. I I have a, a Twitter account that I think I made one post about uh, <laughs> ten very, years ago that that said this is my first post and that's all I ever said. <laughs> Not very active on Twitter, um, <laughs> but uh, and then you do you still teach? Let's talk about that just for a second before you go. Yeah, cool. And so you where, well, yeah. What's what's it called again? I forgot. I know you're teaching. I guess you teach down with Steve Arbach and them, or, in, or is mm-hmm. it, okay? And I, I, what's the yeah. name of it again? Um, that's the Salt Lake Academy of Music, um, a nonprofit it's called SLAM, um, for short. And, uh, it's, a, a recently now a nonprofit and, um, I, uh, we have about uh, almost 20 kids that are, um, learning online, uh, now, uh, via Skype and, uh, we're teaching group lessons. Uh, on things like rhythm and harmony and songwriting and musical appreciation and and uh, so uh, yeah, and it's you, a great program. And you, guys come, and you guys put together the bands kind of thing too, where they do the full band. Yep, yep, yep. We uh, all the kids um, before all this were playing in bands and performing and uh, playing, you know, everything from Heart to Almond Brothers. And are they on Skype because of the? situation we're in now with the virus or is yeah. that, that's like always yeah. an option or two though yeah we closed it down two weeks ago and and uh now we're just transferring everything over to an online educational system okay well i totally uh totally tell everyone to to do that if you can take a lesson from terrence Hansen, you should definitely do it um yeah and i uh yeah normally i'd be promoting all your shows right now but we don't have any <laughs> but i, I do just facebook and I, but I do promote them all on my other podcast too. Even, I know you do, man. I really appreciate that. You've always been so supportive of me. Thank you. Oh man, I tell everybody. I think you're the. I, in my opinion, you're the best guitarist alive. And the reason why I say that is because you can do what all the rest of us do, but none of us can do what you do. <laughs> and that's why. Oh, well, thanks, that. Jeff. Well, uh, you're an incredible guitar player coming from you, man. That's, uh, that's a huge compliment. Uh, thank you. You're too kind, man. I, and I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And, and uh, this uh, kind of worked out. The virus thing kind of worked out for me because I kind of got you between gigs. So I can. Yeah, well, you. yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to jam when this is all over. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely do that. And then I'll, uh, you know, everybody check out 
uh, Terrence on Facebook later tonight. I should have this up right about when you go live. Uh, definitely will be up for right. tomorrow's thing. Well, cool. man, I appreciate everything, and I'm uh, we'll have you on again the next time. Hopefully, we'll be face to face when I have you on. You can do some uh, playing for us. Cool. All right. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, Jeff. Thank you. Well, thank you. You have a good night, brother. And uh, all right. I'll see you on Facebook later. All right. Take care, Jeff. Thank bye you. Bye. This is Guru, Guru by Terrence Hansen.
Guru by Terrence Hansen. All right, we want to thank Terrence Hansen for being here today, having to call in because of the COVID-19 virus going around. We have to do it on, on the phone, so hopefully the audio is uh, good enough. I think it was. Um, appreciate him being on there. Make sure you tune in to Terrence's um, Facebook Lives, he'll be on there at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, probably right when this March 31st podcast drops tonight, and he'll be on there again at 11 a.m. in the morning. He's doing them every every day, 11 and 7. You got to see him do it. You got to see him play. You got to see him do the cross neck guitar playing. Hearing him is not just enough. Hearing him is good enough, but watching him, you're going to really really be impressed i encourage all of you to do that and also download or stream all of his music on spotify or itunes um everywhere you can uh get music he's got a few albums on there he'll have another one released soon he'll be out there playing playing shows again all over uh, park city salt lake and he goes over to the netherlands and and germany and all that so whenever things back to normal he'll be back out there but i appreciate uh terrence being here um today also, see what else is going on in the world. That's about it. Um, I'm going to got a couple of good guests coming up for you. I'm not going to tell you who. Um, they'll be coming up. i got a couple episodes coming up later. I'm going to drop like two episodes a week during this uh, stay-at-home period for most people. So give you give you something to listen to, even though I'm still out there working, out there driving the truck, uh, delivering Reese's cups today. I don't know why uh, that would be essential, but I guess you got to have your Reese's cups. Um, still not much on the pro wrestling front. Every all the all the wrestling matches are in empty buildings. They announced that WrestleMania this weekend is going to be three hours on Saturday, three hours on Sunday. Empty building. That'll be weird. Um, usually it's a big, big giant extravaganza every year. Um, a lot of money lost there for everyone whole town that they come to rakes in millions for that but and then uh what else is going on oh the uh i was gonna probably on the next episode that drops which will probably be saturday night maybe friday night i'm gonna probably review the fourth episode of the devotion championship wrestling uh local wrestling promotion here in salt lake city um, if you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, uh, 
Um, Jim Cornette used to be the manager of the Rock and Roll Express. He was in the WWE, WCW, everywhere. He uh, he actually read one of my emails this morning on his uh, on his podcast, which is the Jim Cornette Experience. So actually, today it was the uh, called Corny's Drive Through, where he does, he does the Jim Cornette Experience on Fridays. So check those those out if you want to listen to listen to any uh, wrestling podcast. Um, so yeah, I'll review that show then. Um, uh, just a quick side note: Joe Diffie passed away yesterday. Country singer. Uh, you might know him from John Deere Green. Prop me up beside the jukebox when I die. So he had so many hits in the '90s. Um, I actually talked to Joe Diffie quite a bit um, in my life. And I was, again, it's a sad day. He's a uh, complications with the with the virus. I'm not sure what underlying conditions he had. Um, but yeah, sad day for for music. Um, also, John Prine out there that's uh, kind of fighting for his life right now. So keep those people in your thoughts. I'll have Joe Diffie's family in your thoughts. And uh, we'll see you next time on Southern Man, Western Town. I appreciate you listening. Find us on uh, anchor.fm or a new Facebook page, Southern Man Western Town Podcast on Facebook. Uh, let me know what you think. Ask some questions. Uh, sub, uh, subscribe and follow the show on Spotify, iTunes. And uh, keep on listening, and we appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. And thanks a lot. See you next time on uh, Southern Man Western Town.